so does that mean, guess what? I don't need an agency anymore. I don't need all these other freaking people. I'm just going to, I'm going to be a one person CMO that's going to sit there. I'm going to type this out, uh, a prompt to chat GPT and have it solve my problems. Everyone's got to remember, we're all using the same tool. We're all asking the same questions. Every brand is doing that. So how do you stand out? Call your fucking agency. This is The Brand Muffin, the show for all things creative branding, all thoughtfully explored and tastefully debated. The audio watermark goes here. Along with Josh Forstott, I'm Ian Koff. Let's get into it. Welcome to episode five of The Brand Muffin. If you've been with us since the beginning, first of all, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Secondly, let us know how we're doing. Record a voice memo, send it to the brand muffin podcast at gmail.com. And if this is your first episode, welcome. We're, we're excited to be growing our listenership. We appreciate each and every one of you for coming along this journey with us. As always, I'm joined today by my superstar creative and digital ace, Josh Forstott. What's good today, man? Man, just a, a great day. Um, you know, excited to jump into uh, episode five with you. Every once in a while, in all things, uh, it's good to reflect and consider where we've come from and where we're going. So today, we are going to explore the past, present, and future of ad agencies. And to kick things off, uh, I'd like to tee up a little bit about the past. Sound good? I, I love it. All right. I love it. All right. Tell, explain how we got here. <laughs> Let's go back in time. <laughs> so... Ad agencies came to be uh, in the late 19th and 20th centuries um, with the growth of mass media. The first modern ad agency is generally considered to be Volney B. Palmer's Agency, founded in 1841 in Philadelphia. Hmm. Palmer's Agency was the very first to buy space in newspapers and then sell to advertisers, and that kind of marked the beginning of the ad agency or the ad industry uh, as hmm. we know it today. Before... Palmer's agency, advertising was really just done through direct mail or handbills. And I, and, and, okay. and I had to look up handbills, uh, and it was basically like little leaflets that some yeah, guy would be little... handing out like on the street corner. Um, right. It's also worth noting um, that the concept of promotion and advertising clearly dates back a lot further. Ancient civilizations have been used signage and announcements to make, mm -hmm. uh, you know, to promote goods and services. Um, but the first agencies were focused on creating print ads for newspapers and magazines. Um, and then in the mid-20th century, um, they began to incorporate radio and television advertising. And then all the way up through kind of the Mad Men era of the 1960s, uh, we saw a, uh, a focus or the emergence of a focus on creative campaigns and big ideas and mm. you know, sort of large-scale initiatives to, to build brands with. It was interesting for me to kind of go into into the uh, the encyclopedia, if you will, and and look back and see you know, sort of sort of what's emerged and how simple it it was. Um, and I think that that's something that we're going to really touch on a lot here today is the complexities that agencies have to deal with today in terms right. of the mediums, the media, uh, mm -hmm. the expectations from consumers, the expectations from brands. Um, so 
you know, with that background, let me, uh, let me turn it over to you. Have you jump in? Yeah. I mean, first off, uh, thanks for the education. <laughs> it's one of those things. It's like, I feel like I've been doing this forever and, and, and I, I, you know, it's like, it's, it's one of those things. It's a nice little art history lesson. It's nice to pause and, and, uh, get a, get a sense of like, you know, how, how mm-hmm. we, how we got to where we are. So, um, so was that shop, a, it was a pure creative shop, like a real agency. Well, so it, it was the first, at least as far as, you know, my limited research goes, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> they bought space. So it's like more like a media company almost. I think they were actually more focused on media, but but I'm I am also pretty sure that they developed advertisements to okay. include. I would imagine too in this early early wild west of advertising, mm-hmm. they probably had people coming in and being like, "Hey, I've got a message I want to put in," and they'll be like, "Great, we're just gonna take it." You know. Yeah. So it, they I, probably weren't the only ones making creative. Well, so what's interesting about that what you were saying is, is that the creative might have just been very much product focused, like just, you know, the packaging and things Mm -hmm. of, of the sort. Right. And they, and they might not have, you know, I guess when you go back that far in time, it's less of a national reach, you know, Mm -hmm. for these, for these brands and products, um, you know, and I think that that's kind of, uh, you know, an interesting thing to remember. They were buying space in Philadelphia newspapers. So it's only a Philly audience. I mean, can you imagine, can you imagine only marketing, you know, today in in like a 20 mile radius? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Think about an agency, think about like a full sized agency existing in a city today that only works with companies based in that city and only sells to people in that city. So, well, and this is kind of interesting because to that point, you know your audience. Mm-hmm. Like, it's there's something kind of beautiful and pure about them truly being in touch with who the audience is, who the product, like, and how to create that connection. Yep. I really liked this idea that they're that they're hyper focused. So so. I don't want to say regionally, but it's so tight. Mm-hmm. There was a very clear separation of like brand and agency. Like they, like as a brand, we know our product, but I feel like there was more in our past, there was more dialogue around, we don't know how to, we don't know how to put something that- or create Right. An ad. Right. We don't know. We don't know how to do that. That's your specialty. And that's probably what evolved out of that first agency, out of Palmer's agency, right? Because yeah. he he and his team were the first ones to say, hey, we'll buy space in the newspaper. You have a message you want to get out to your audience. We will put it there. And maybe if you need help, like writing something, we'll fi- we, we can, can, we'll figure we it can out. Help, we can help figure yeah. it out. Um, but, but I'm sure at the beginning, the the messaging was all on the brand side. The brand knew its product. Right. It knew what it wanted to say. And it, it said, all right, you know, here that is. Here's our message. Run it. And then I would imagine as, as more individuals. Because we weren't there. Right. <laughs> clearly. Um, but there was probably this sense that, you know, I could start an operation where 
I can come up with the ideas. Instead of the brands having to come up with the ideas, I can go to the brands and say, why don't you let me figure out how to sell you? There's something fascinating there because that's a really big inflection point that I think that we're going to see along our conversation today of the brand having to go blindly trust another organization. And, and, And let's think about it this way too. As we got into like the 20th century, the mid 20th century with the advent of radio and TV, mm-hmm. now there were all of these brand new mediums that had much further reach than your local yes. newspapers. Yep. And, and brands recognized the opportunity to sell not just to the people in my little town, but regionally or nationally or what have you. And now there's, there are so many more questions as to, well, how do I really talk about myself for an audience that I know nothing about. I don't know, like I'm talking to people in cities across the whole country now. I don't know really what they care about, but I want to sell to them. So, mm-hmm. so because of that, I'm now going to put my faith in the agency because their business model is to understand audiences in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different areas that, that me as a brand may not and I think that's how that Mad Men era, that golden era, as people like to refer to it, in the 60s came to be, where you had these, these enormous monolithic ad agencies cropping up. Why I think that Mad Men era was so booming was... If you're headquartered out of Chicago or if you're headquartered out of New York, you still want your agency in your home 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 base. Yep. So yep. I think that there was a little bit of, hey, you know, American Airlines or TWA or Pan Am, they're like, they're in our backyard. Mm-hmm. They can't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. They're here. Yes. So there was this little bit of we can do what we want we knew pan am wasn't going to go anywhere we're the best agency here you know yeah. so i feel like there's a cyclical piece in as an agency the agency world we start to get complacent we start to get comfortable we start to kind of go into autopilot and i think that that at the time might have been okay because again there was so much focus from brands on other things that have never that they were in innovating on logistically, et cetera, et cetera. So I do find yes. it really fascinating that there was almost kind of a big boom on both sides for brand and agency happening together uh-huh. yeah. in different in different worlds. hundred percent. So that's cool. It is. It is. And and um, <clears throat> I mean. I think what you what you said, especially about wanting to have the agency in in their backyard, absolutely was was the case because you know let's think about the '60s. Like telecommunications was still very much a simple exercise. Like there was no Zoom. Yeah. There was there you know long no, there dis- long distance calls were were enormously expensive. You, like didn't happen. You just you you needed to have a partner that you could go into an office on any given mm-hmm. afternoon. And I mean, that's what made watching that the the show Mad Men just so so fun for me is is looking at that bygone era 
and you know, obviously they paint it with a lot of rose colored glasses, um, mm-hmm. you know, for the glamor and the glitz that, you know, that it was. And, and clearly there was a lot there that left a lot to be desired, but we don't have that kind of constant in-person collaboration with our brands today. Well, hang on. Before we go, before oh. we go all the way to the now, yep. what happened though? Because do we, do, and, and this is a question I'm going to have to you. Do you think that the big agency back then, Mad Men era, yep. like it seems like they were so bloated for such a very narrow deployment of their of their assets like they're not publishing all over in in tiktok and all of these places and mediums so you've got this couple hundred person agency to get up this one ad out the door yeah yeah well what the hell so so i'm so i'm so (laughs) that sounds like a freelancer i'm so glad you asked i'm so glad you asked because it it does it tees up sort of the the uh the shifting the timeline forward perfect Um, so so let's let let's actually like set the table for what today's landscape looks like, but let's come back okay. to this and kind of see how cool. we got there. So so today, agencies mm-hmm. are working across all kinds of channels, right? Digital, social media, experiential, along with still a lot of traditional print, TV, mm-hmm. radio. Um, yep. Okay. There's been an enormous shift towards data driven marketing. Yep. Uh, uh, the incorporation of technology to target and personalize ads. And a lot of agencies have expanded their kind of core offering to include consulting, strategy, product design, like all of these other disciplines that were never part of the ad agency that are all kind of getting bolted in to become what what we call the full service agency yep. now, right? So mm-hmm. so that's that's the landscape currently. And so if we go back to to this paradigm of hundreds of people to do just print and some TV and some radio, mm-hmm. um, I think in so many industri- industries and instances, you can tie this into technology. You'd have entire art departments that were doing layouts by hand, yep. versioning yep. by hand. Letter setting. Not, okay. you know, not okay. having couriers and jump drives to, but, you know, you were actually having to ma- roll up layouts bring them in a, in a briefcase with you, go across town, share. So the amount of time that agencies were, were given to do their work was also enormously expanded because there were no shortcuts. There, there was no technology to, to kind of truncate all of this. And, and I think for better or worse, and it's probably both, because you could get more done in less time with fewer people because of technology, now suddenly there was this this light bulb that went off in agency leadership that said, well, maybe we should start doing more. Let's offer more things that we know the brands need that maybe they're going to other places for. And that's where you see a lot of the, the bolt on capabilities of, of today. Like we've where agencies don't necessarily adhere to the DNA of old where we are just ideating and creating where we are now strategizing and we are are designing your actual products and we like we are taking ownership of so much that maybe another discipline another kind of shop would handle or even you the brand would handle when the success of the agency is at its peaks I think it's when 
at any given point over this timeline is when the agency is viewed as a problem solver, but also as an expert. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And okay. I think that when when we dip into these low points in the agency timeline, I think it's when almost like when the brand has caught up, you know, when the brand kind of gets smarter or has time to start thinking a little bit more and, and challenging or whatever that is, it starts to unravel a little bit because Mm -hmm. I, I, I think that there's a lot of pressure on the agency model because I, and we and we're talking about it now and I think that's why I love this topic is you know we set out as like a tradi- like the the agency of old it was is very simple it was traditional advertising and branding yep yep and they had to fight for their fucking survival so you know what now now we're going to do photography now we're going to help you do tv like there's a new technology of radio we're going to you might not realize it, but you have to write a script for that. We have to have the right Right, tone, the right actor that's doing. So we constantly as agencies have to reevaluate and evolve because not only are we dealing with the technologies that continually push us forward and what, or drag us forward because it's happening whether we like it or not, Mm -hmm. But we constantly have to be salesmen to these brands to have them see us as a valued partner, to see us as an expert within the field, communication, and as an expert in the technologies that we're playing with. So that's a really interesting point. And and I wanted to ask you, kind of get your take, because, you know, in in the time that I've spent in my career, and I've been doing Mm -hmm. this about 20 years now, I've seen a lot of brands build up their own in-house marketing operations where whereas you know in in the golden era of like mad men right if we bring it mm-hmm. back like the brands didn't have that and that's why they were they were in bed with these these enormous ad agencies because all of that trust was being put into an outside partner and yeah. i think that as you noted there's there's in this like constant and and increasing state of flux in the agency model more mm-hmm. recently where agencies are kind of losing their way what do we offer what do we focus on what's our core value proposition and brands probably started wising up to to the idea especially because the costs would would have been increasing agency costs would have been going up as they're bolting on more capabilities and having more overhead more people and brands yeah. are like you know there are smart people out there that could probably do as good a job, if not better, working for us directly. Uh, mm-hmm. And then we don't have to pay an agency a retainer or an hourly rate. We can effectively own this talent uh, yeah. and we can just have them work on everything all the time for us. And so you started building in-house marketing teams, which built out in-house creative teams. And agency of record, AOR uh, accounts, really started like going by the wayside. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, sure. and those were kind of those those tentpole clients that the big agencies would have. You know, like we've got Colgate, we've got Chrysler, we've got Pan yeah. Am. Like, uh, you know, on retainer, this is like the this is what supports the agency. Those kinds of ongoing engagements, those all went away. 
Like I know very few shops who have very few AOR accounts today, especially relative to what they may have had 20 or 30 years ago. Mm-hmm. And now agencies are constantly having to look for new business because yes. the current business is up and down. It's project-based. Mm-hmm. Um, and it becomes a lot more challenging to sustain an ongoing model. If you're a, a 10, 20, 50 person shop anywhere, mm-hmm. uh, Thank you. You know, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, you can certainly speak to this, right? Like y- yeah. it's, it, it's this game of whack-a-mole almost like what do yeah. we offer? Because you may get a new client who wants what you have and then suddenly says, well, can you solve this other problem for me? Cause I love working with you, Josh. I love yeah. you and your team. You guys are smart. You're on it. We have a great relationship. Could you, could you maybe come in and solve all of my other problems? I don't think that brands were getting smarter by starting to bring people in house. My heart and my gut tell me that they thought that they were better than the agency. I think that someone inside those walls had the ego and the balls to say, fuck it. We're going to bring it in house. I'm going to bring, I'm going to get X amount of people. Yeah. I will make them my bitch. Yep. And we're going to work around the clock. Mm-hmm. Yep. And and I think that to the board, it probably sounds amazing. I mean, think about it. If if you're if you're for the first time hearing that, it's like, wait, we don't need to go to them. If we need something, I'm gonna I'm literally going to yell over my cubicle. Right. And right. And just get on it. Right. Why are we doing this? Yep. I don't care. Just do it. Like the, there is no SOW. There's no brief anymore. Right. It's just churn. It go. is yeah. just go yeah. and create. Yeah. Um, I think that there's this, there's a feeling of like, wow, that could be really exciting. Mm-hmm. You know, like we could create a culture and an environment where we just have people coming up with ideas. Now, I think the misstep there is the wrong people managing that, wrong initiatives, and a whole lot of other things. It is a very slippery slope, and I've watched it happen firsthand. And I think that where, when that happens, so if, I, I would say even in today's model, I think that for, for agencies, stay the course. Stay the fucking course. Stop getting rattled by, you know, brands wanting to kind of do this thing where it's like hungry, hungry hippo and they grab mm-hmm. a little bit more mm-hmm. and, and now we're going to, we're going to lose out, you know, they're, they're going to handle media or da, 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 right. There's, there's a, a honeymoon phase, right? Right. Everyone's super excited. We brought all these people in and guess what? Now, when we're looking at these ads and the product isn't working, Guess who's to blame? It's, it's, they're sitting right here. Right. You know, and there's no, now there's no barrier. You know, when, when you're sitting in there and you're hearing how shitty your work was and how shitty the campaign was, it's, you're going to get beaten down. And I've watched that culturally crush teams because there's no divide and there's no more debate. You, it's Mm -hmm. a dictatorship. Mm -hmm. It is a, you do as I told 
And they've created, not a creative agency, they've created a production arm. Because you've got a guy sitting on, or a gal sitting at the top just spitting down things to go and do. And no one's sitting there thinking, is this, is who's, who's pulling this together? Who's strategizing? Who's got the experience? Who are we just too close to this thing? That Josh, that's exactly what, what I, I think about from a creative standpoint. I mean, I think, mm-hmm. and it's sort of the fallacy of the argument that the brands made when they said, let's bring it all in house. Mm-hmm. Because in my opinion, the strength and the value of an agency is being able to bring outside objective viewpoints to the table. Mm-hmm. When, when you're trying to solve a problem from a creative standpoint and a messaging standpoint, a media standpoint, if, if the only people who are working on that are the people yeah. who are in the brand all day, every day, they can't possibly bring an objective viewpoint. I mean, it's impossible. Like, like not not because because they're they're not competent or good good talented people, but they live the brand. They mm-hmm. don't live the audience. They don't live the competition. Correct. And so they've already downplayed the competition. We are already. Right, they're, they're, better. they're all drinking the Kool Aid of their own <laughs> right. brand. So right. so they're not going to be the ones to come in and say the tough things, to say, look, you guys think your shit doesn't stink, right. but let me spit some truth out here right? and help you understand the landscape that you're truly up against and then collaboratively, brand and agency, let's partner and find the right path for you to take. Correct. And, and you've seen this and I've seen this where, where brands today, they've got these robust marketing in-house teams mm-hmm. and now they're going back to the agency. Yeah, they're coming back. They're cu- right? think, it's, it's full again, circle. It's pendulum it's, swinging back the other way because they have seen... They have to. They, they have to because they've, they've now lived the experience of not having the outside uh, objectivity. The brand tends to grasp for anything that they can, mm-hmm. you know? And, mm-hmm. and, and I think the stability lies within the agency, I think you said it perfectly. It's like there's a there's a truth in the communication with a partnership with brand and agency. If you go back to our our lovely example of Apple, you cannot tell me that Apple is so fanatical about the details and there's and you know, it's like we we created this new keyboard and we created a new this and that more memory the 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 pixels and the a con, the agency is there to tell you the consumer doesn't give a shit yeah i know right. you want us to say like the keyboard right. team wants you to talk about the keyboard and the f and b's about this and that yep, yep. the agency's there to say to you hey guess what in the climate right now and what everyone is hearing mm-hmm. and everyone's talking about the new camera and the new this and that nobody gives a right. shit. Do you, do you want to talk features and benefits or do you want to sell units? Right. right. And we're here to say now isn't the time to do that. Right. You know what? Let's do something that's fascinating. That's captivating. That's that will, will really resonate that drives you somewhere else to get that information yep. and stop and, you know, and stop trying to, you know, think we know. And, and I think it, it helps a brand get away from that and allow, and I think it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. I think, and I, and I don't want brands to think that they shouldn't be there and that they shouldn't be dipping in there. 
I think that they need to be collaborative with their agency, especially as for the agency of the future, right? Mm-hmm. The brand is saying, look, we're going to be step by step with you. We are getting smarter. We we have access to the same media outlets. We're seeing the same technologies. If anything, we have the same access or maybe even better access because we're a billion-dollar company, so we get first dibs at some of these betas. These technologies are going straight to the brands now. They're not the, – the way in isn't necessarily through the agency opening that, that conversation. Yep. So the brand is now saying, look, we're right here, lockstep. So treat us as an equal. Communicate as a fucking equal. And – Let's do this together. That's a nice segue. Let's get a little uncomfortable. Where the because, hell are we going? Because no, where <laughs> we're going, in. we don't need roads. <laughs> so, all right, the, the future of advertising, the rise <laughs> of artificial intelligence and automation mm-hmm. is clearly going to play a larger role in the, in the agency world. Um, especially in areas yeah. like data analysis and media buying, but but you know, creative is absolutely a, a, a breeding fertile ground, mm-hmm. and agencies are going to have to adapt. Having having new channels and technologies available is is a bygone conclusion that agencies mm-hmm. are going to be playing in this space. So so AI, automation, augmented reality, virtual reality, all of these things are going to become table stakes, mm-hmm. and I also think that. You know, the importance, the importance of like, of purpose-driven marketing, sustainability, uh, uh, corporate responsibility. That's going to continue to grow, and so agencies are going to have an even greater impact in helping brands communicate their values and their social impact to the audiences because, because you know we know that younger audiences are seeking those values out in the brands that they identify with and ultimately purchase from. Mm-hmm. Um, in the past, in the very beginning, mm-hmm. brands gave all of the messaging and marketing responsibility mm-hmm. to an agency. Yeah. And then there was a shift where the brands took it in-house mm-hmm. uh, and the agency model started to die. The AOR accounts started to die. Now we're seeing a shift where brands are starting to put more faith in external partners. And so yep. some of those in-house capabilities are now going back to the agency. Yes. Do you think that we're going to stay there for a while? Do you think that the agency is going to kind of remain as the, the, the experts in the field? Or do you think that brands are going to say, hey, I can spit out social copy with chat GPT. Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to take care of that. I don't need to I pay th- an agency I, for that. I, I, can, yeah. I can now type in a search, a, a string of words, and I can get a 30-second digitally produced video. To me, all of those things are tools. This is no different than back in the day, you know, unless you were an agency, nobody nobody had, you know, any so, sort of Adobe products. Mm-hmm. Nobody had design products. Nobody had Quark if you weren't mm-hmm. in a designer. Mm-hmm. It was expensive. But then all of a sudden it's like, hey, Adobe comes out and says, guess what? We're going to make it accessible at, you know, 14 bucks a month. You have the entire creative cloud. Am yep. I fucking nervous? No. Right. Because it, because it's not about the tool. It's about the person using it. Correct. 
It's like, it's no different, Ian. Like, am I nervous that Fiverr exists? Sure. Like, go and use Fiverr. I don't right. give a shit. Right. In the grand scheme of things, these things, these moments where everyone gets excited, where it's like, I don't need a copywriter anymore because I've got ChatGPT. I would tell them, go use try that. It. Try it. Right. Absolutely. Try it. Well, right. I, like, go and see what you get out of it. Mm. And, and if, if you're able to succeed, good for you. And again, what's the longevity of that? So does that mean, guess what? I don't need an agency anymore. I don't need all these other freaking people. I'm just going to I'm going to be a one person right. CMO right. that's going to sit there. I'm going to type this out uh, a prompt to ChatGPT and have it solve my problems. Why not use it as as a tool, as a filler and and it can be a great addition to the team versus being the the holy grail because again, yeah, right. Everyone's got to remember we're all using the same tool. We're all asking the same questions. Like, you know, I need headline ideas for a car company to appeal to this demographic in this area. Every brand is doing that. Right. So how do you stand out? Call your fucking agency. You heard it. That's it. That's it. You know, yep. it's because guess what? My job now is to respond to my brands to say, well, they're using great. Let them fucking use that. And guess what? As part of my tool, I am going to ask the same questions so I can go back to my team to say, look, this is what is going to get generated. How do we take that as an insight and say, look, this we know that this is where they're probably going to start to yep. be. Let them swim in that pool. We're right. going to be over here being smarter. We're going to be more tactical. We're going to be doing things a little differently. Let's use chat GPT for different things. We are a tool for brands and we should be seen that way. No different than I think AI and anything else. What's your take? There's always new stuff coming out, but it really does feel like with the emergence of chat GPT and AI as a category, like we are seeing, you know, the next seismic shift. You know, where maybe the last the last one was Google. That was the last yeah. time that the landscape was really rocked this much by, you know, what is this right. gonna mean for everybody on every level? And I think I think agencies they gotta be honest with themselves. They have to know what they stand for, what they offer, and what they wanna mm -hmm. spend their time doing. If you're if you're always chasing what the client needs, you will never get there. Because the client right. will always want more. So, mm -hmm. so if you are constantly acquiescing to the requests of your clients, mm -hmm. you are going to overwhelm and devalue yourself in the process. But if you can, if you can stick to your guns and say, this is what we are great at. This is what we're going to offer you. I know you need X, Y, Z. We don't do that, but we're going to be part of finding the right solve for you. And we're going to work hand in glove with that group, with what they're doing, so that it makes what we're doing better and we can help make what they're doing for you better. Mm -hmm. That, to me, that's the aspiration. That's, that's what I think an honest, good-valued agency would, would, would aspire to, to do. is not to be greedy and want to to own all of it. Mm -hmm. You can't be great at all of it. You just can't. Mm -hmm. But you can be phenomenal at what you want to do. 
You can help your client grow by bringing on partners that are equally valuable to them and to you. Mm-hmm. And, and if you leverage the new tools in the right way, it'll make it easier. It'll make it more cost effective. You don't have to sacrifice anything. You just have to be level-headed about all of it, not reactive, be diligent. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I agree with your sentiment 100%. I mean, I think that it's, it's, um, it really is a, it's a great time to, to be in this space and to experience what's happening. I think, no, I think that's, that's a, a great place to, to put a bow on it. Um, the, the past is fascinating. It's something to learn from for sure. Cause we keep coming back to it. The present is shifting. Yes. And you said it, the future is really fucking exciting. It's super exciting. So I'll see you and, there. And we've, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and man, we have opened up so many topics that I, that I want to dive into in this conversation that yep. I, I think that are, are going to be exciting to explore over the next, you know, months. Yeah. Our years. editorial calendar just filled up. Hats off to another, uh, solid episode here on the brand muffin (laughs) if we say so ourselves (laughs) if we say so ourselves all right everybody that's going to do it for today's episode we'll see you next time on the brand muffin the audio watermark goes here the audio watermark goes here